Live at 5 Sports with Todd and Suhan, brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort. Well, Jim, quite a lengthy uh, story just released not that long ago by your guy Ben Gosling about uh, Kevin O'Connell and moving into year two and some of the lessons he took away from year one and so forth. Give me your overall perspective of Kevin O'Connell's rookie season as a head coach. I I think it's really surpassing all expectations to come in uh, for a team that you know, it's basically kind of a 500 team, some declining players, defense turning over, quarterback who'd never really won anything, um, and immediately go win 13 games. Whatever the circumstances, that is a triumph to win 13 games as a rookie head coach in the NFL with a team that hadn't done that well the year before. Uh, it's just a triumph. And they did it by winning close games. The, the question is more about the future. Um, yep. You know, I, I think I think O'Connell – you know he's right up there with the the better co- young coaches in the league. Uh, now the question is, what do you do now that it's more your own program? You've had your fir- first full off season. You're you know you've you've drafted uh, a really talented receiver. You've gotten another tight end. You're obviously going away from the Dalvin Cook led offense that Zimmer liked to run to a pure three receiver passing offense. And you brought in Brian Flores to fix your defensive problems. Here's the interesting thing. I think they should be better on offense. Yeah. Hawkinson for a full year, Addison for a full year, uh, you know, Cousins in the second season with the same coaches, the same system for the first time in like, you know, eight years or something. I think they should be better offensively. Um, I think Josh, I think Oliver is going to be a major factor in this offense, run blocking, pass blocking, and even catching some passes. So I think they're going to be better offensively. I think they're automatically going to be better defensively because they're going to be better coached and they're going to have a little more speed. And yet, I don't know how they get back to 13 wins. Yeah. It's just, you know, that, that's how magical a 13 win season is. You have to win all your close games and you have to have a million things go right. And you have to have Justin Jefferson make the catch of the century in Buffalo, you know. <laughs> right. And I don't know if all those things can be replicated. So I think he's, I think he's a really smart guy. I think he's a good guy. I think he has this pro, his program on the right track. But that doesn't mean that success is going to be automatic in year two. Yeah, you know, I don't think it can be overstated how important it is that Cousins, for the first time as a Viking, gets a chance to be in the same offense for consecutive years. And and, uh, we could see Cousins, you know, you look at Cousins' numbers, he honestly didn't have a great statistical year last year, but they won games. Now if Cousins can put up a statistical number where his QBR is in the top 10 in the league, which he's done in the past, and I think he was like 22nd or something last year, it, it could really be an explosive year. Yeah, I think so. Uh, I would expect Cousins' numbers to be better this year. Um, again, you know what that how that translates into wins or postseason. Uh, that's all to be determined, and part of it's going to come down to luck and health, and you know his health and the health of people around him, and whether the interior offensive line can function. Some things are out of his control, but I really do think that Cousins will. You know, he's an accurate guy. He's a smart quarterback. Now he's fully invested in the system. He is. Great passing, pass catching options. Uh, they don't, frankly, they don't even have to pretend they care about the running game unless they want to. <laughs> I, I could see him having a big year. Yeah, no doubt. And speaking of the run game, though, Alex Madison gets a chance to be uh, the lead back for the Vikings. He doesn't have the breakaway speed uh, that Cook does, but could he be a little more effective between the tackles for him? I think so, and I think that's the way they're looking. And listen, it's not that they, 
you know, I always have to reiterate this. It's not that they didn't want Alvin Cook. It's not yeah. that they don't want to start running back. They just don't want to invest heavily in that position. Uh, I think what they view Madison at is somebody who uh, he's not going to go 50 with a screen pass. Yeah. Um, but he might go 30 with the screen pass, and he might, instead of having you constantly in second and 10, second and 11, he might have you in second and six or second and eight, which makes, opens up the playbook for the passing offense, and this is a passing team. He's also a better pass blocker than Dalvin Cook. So, listen, Dalvin made five or six plays last year that won games. And let's not discount that. Whatever you think of Dalvin as a player or a person, he made big plays. I think they think that their big plays are going to come more from the passing game this year and that Madison can enable that with his skills. Do you think Jordan Addison, is he the number two wide receiver right now? I don't know if he's right now. Hmm. Um I would guess sometime in the first month, if he does, if he plays as well as they expect him to play, I think he will move into that role. Uh, right now, he's a little behind. KJ Osborne knows the offense really well; is a good player. Hawkinson, you know, might be their second most important target at the moment. But they didn't draft Jordan Addison in the first round for him to be a third receiver or a fourth option. Uh, they expect him to move past uh, Osborne, and they expect him to, you know, either move past or be on a par with Hawkinson. Uh, Hawkinson gets four years, $42 million guaranteed. We talked about his contract some yesterday, and $68 million as possible with bonuses and if he plays it all out and so forth. What makes uh, you know the tight end position more valuable than the running back position, at least in terms of money paid to the guys who play those positions? Uh, matchups hmm. and the fact that it's a passing league, not a running league. And, you know, hey, Gronkowski, you know, he won Super Bowls yeah. for the Patriots. He was the second best, second most important player on that roster. Um, you know, you know Shannon Sharp when he was in his prime, he won Super Bowls. Um, if you have a good tight, Mark Bavaro, go back that far. Uh, it's just a good offensive coach can get so much out of a good tight end. You can match him up, so you can mess up defenses so so easily. Uh, it's a he's a great red zone target. Uh, it's funny because Jeff Diamond, you know, on my podcast says that he thinks that uh, the tight ends are undervalued by the NFL, and he thinks that's going to change. He thinks Travis Kelsey's next contract is probably going to you know, put him up there with some wide receivers. Wow. Um, running backs, I think, are going to stay depressed in terms of overall contractual value. I think tight ends are going to make a leap here. Hey, I mentioned all those, those tight ends. Travis Kelsey, the Kansas City Chiefs get rid of Tyreek Hill, by far their most talented player, and then they won a Super Bowl with Travis Kelsey as their number one receiver. Yeah. I mean, that's how important tight ends can be. Yeah. And then you look at a guy like Jonathan Taylor, who's been done nothing but produce at Indianapolis, but he wants a new contract, and the Colts aren't willing to give him what he wants. Plus, they couldn't find a decent uh, trade partner either, so there they are at an impasse, and he's sitting in. Isn't that what they call it these days? He is holding in is, holding the, in. is the phrase, yes. Uh-huh. Just like T.J. Hawkinson did. He <laughs> yep. never admitted it. Um, it's fascinating because Jonathan Taylor is the Colts' best player. He might be the best running back in the league. He obviously has value, uh, and teams are interested. They just don't. It's, again, it comes down to how, what will you give up for that. Hmm. Uh, the Dolphins are a logical landing spot for him, uh, but they're also rumored to be in on Dalvin Cook, and they weren't willing to pay a high price for him. Um, I don't know where this is going to go, frankly. Uh, Gophers, winners last night, uh, had to make some spectacular plays at the end. Uh, Jackson had his uh, Justin Jefferson moment on fourth down 
in the fourth quarter with a big touchdown catch uh, near the end, and their young kicker hits a 47-yarder. Uh, a thrilling win for the Gophers. How about overall? How did they play? Uh, there's so much we don't know right now. We don't know if Nebraska is going to be a good team, and this is them kind of just stubbing their toe as they're getting used to Matt Rule. You know, we, we could look back a month from now and say, wow, the Covers almost lost to that team. That's, that was a huge red flag. Mm-hmm. Or we might look back later and go, wow, the Gophers actually beat a pretty good team, and they, you know, I had to show a lot of guts and clutch play to do it. I just don't, you know, I think, I think it's too early in the season for us to really know what that victory means, except for this. There, and this is a brutal schedule, and if they lost that game, uh, I don't know. I just there aren't that many places to build winning streaks in this schedule. So I think it was a for the sake of their hopes of their overall record, future bowl eligibility. I thought that was a really important victory for them. It wasn't pretty. Um, I thought it was fascinating that Cleek Manis looked really good a lot of the time, and yet they didn't really produce many points. Mm. And he threw the ball underneath a lot. Uh, he threw the ball 44 times, had fewer than 200 yards passing. Um, you know, and so, you know, I don't know. I don't know whether it's time to judge him or not, or whether it was just kind of a. But it, it was the opposite of the way PJ likes to play. It was 44 passes, not many big plays, and not producing many points. That's like kind of the opposite of the, the philosophy PJ wants to have. They didn't run the ball that well. The um, Cleveland Manis moved well didn't necessarily run for a lot of yards. So I, I don't know. It just felt, it felt like uh, it felt like a dangerous game, and they're lucky they pulled it out. Yeah. Tyler Newbin had a great game for them. Um, but the offense looked problematic right now. Jim, thanks so much. Thanks, Todd. Live at 5, Sports at Todd and Suhan brought to you by Prairie's Edge Casino Resort.